1: McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. The classic cheeseburger. Hamburglar? Brabble, rubble. He said the patties are juicier than ever before. Brabble. Available at most restaurants in this area.
2: Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pails, steel to a boots?
3: Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Dude, look at, at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here.
2: Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I close it, John? What are we apologizing for? What'd we say? What'd we do?
3: <laughs> all right, welcome in, guys. Sherrod Blakely, John Zanis, brand new sponsor joining the Garden Report. We'll tell you about it in a little bit, but you're looking at it right now. Neutraful, little hair stuff, hair stuff. Not for everyone, Sherrod. I heard, I heard, not Not for everyone. Not for everyone, but on (laughs) on a mane like mine, it works great. Um, We'll get into that. We'll get into uh, uh, the game. We'll look back at All-Star Weekend, uh, and we'll kind of, you know, just kind of, Look ahead a little bit, the rest of the schedule and what it's going to look like here. I think, like in the easiest, simplest way possible to put this, I think this game is indicative, Charad, of what we're going to get a lot of down the stretch here. Which is, uh, and again, yeah I, I, when you're as good as the Celtics, not a lot of teams are going to pose a challenge. I, th- I think I counted about. I think there's eight contending teams left on their slate of 27 games or whatever it is in this second half. Not really a half season, you know pretty much two thirds of the way through here, um, you know, so one in three games, you're, you're facing a real team, Um, you know, and then, you know, you just got a lot of cupcakes here. So like, yeah, there's enough on the schedule to, you know, litmus test sort of games. OKC, Denver, you've got Phoenix a couple of times. You're going to play the Knicks. You're going to play Milwaukee late. Those games exist, but you got a lot of these on the schedule as you're just kind of almost sort of coasting um, to a one seed. And you, what are you going to get? You're going to get games like this. Incomplete games with a lot of highs, not too many lows, but enough to just basically beat up on an inferior opponent, which is what they did here. And here we are, seven-game lead, uh, seven games up on Cleveland, nine games up on the Bucks, who you consider to be your biggest uh, challenge, and 44-12, and 12, and they're just coasting uh, it, I mean, it almost doesn't even matter what you do in these challenge games. Those are just like, how do we feel about ourselves against upper echelon teams that we might face in the NBA finals? And a lot of those teams that they are going to play, those big test teams are out west. So um, it's it, it's just interesting. But again, you get that kind of first game back off the break sort of vibe where – They come out looking good, and then they let Chicago in it, a little sloppy with the ball, a little slow on some rotations. Defense wasn't great in that first half, and then predictably they're like, okay, we'll try now, and then they you know, keep them at arm's length, and they go to win. Uh, All-around great Derek White game, uh, a a, a necessary spurt of Jalen Brown offense that carried them for a period of time. Tatum gets a little bit hot when he needs to, uh, and that's basically all you needed. That's all you needed tonight. Uh, You got a Cornette celebration and a little Xavier Tillman action. We'll talk a lot about those guys as well. But, you know, just kind of overall takeaways on the first game back from the break here.
4: Well, I think what we saw tonight, this is going to feel like Groundhog's Day, the movie uh, for a lot of people. Because I think you're going to see a lot of these games as we close out this this portion of the season. Uh, 60 wins seems highly likely for the Celtics at this point. Uh, when you look at the teams they're playing, you look at how they're playing, and you look at, as we get to the very end of the season, how basically they're going to be home pretty much the entire month of April. Uh, and the Celtics, they're, this is exactly what they're supposed to do against a team like Chicago. Play well enough to where you don't leave any doubts as to who the superior team was. Uh, obviously, you're going to have those those low stretches where you're just not going to look very good, which is it's a combination of both the opponent playing up a level or two from where they really are. And you playing down a level or two, you're going to have that, that dynamic, but you know, Derek white did what Derek white, I think has done more than times than not. And that's give the game what it needs. Uh, Tatum wasn't crazy about the way he played. His numbers look better than his, his actual play. The eye test wasn't nearly as good as his final numbers, 25, seven and five. And, you know, Jalen I thought was good. I thought Jalen – but this – the only knock I had against Jalen in this game, and it's, it's really it's, – it seems like it feels like we talk about this a lot. He'll have a stretch where he's far and away the best player on the floor, and then he'll just disappear. He'll just just completely fall off the face of the earth. And it doesn't – it's not like he's all of a sudden starts playing poorly. He just stops making an impact. And I don't know whether it's, you know, him – you know, it's kind of his own – Version of load management, but the minutes that Jalen plays, he's been very impactful. It's just that he he has a stretch where he's just kind of out there. Luis uh, has thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: Uh, and Porzingis, it's, I just thought he didn't have a good game. Yeah. No. Low key. Uh, you know, we kind of ignore this with Porzingis because he's been so great for so many of the things that he does. But you do get to a point. Um, you do get to a point where. Wow. I know you get to a point where it's hard to ignore how bad he's been uh, from three. Um, And uh, when teams, I'm not going to say discover it, but when that's what they push him more to do um, or, you know, it hasn't been great uh, from there. He, you know, he has not been knocking those down with enough regularity today. He had a tough time um, with, uh, you know, with uh, Vucevic uh, down low, both defensively and offensively, so you know he did get he did get you know he definitely got a little bit bullied there. He couldn't dominate in the post like he normally wanted for Porzingis, but the shot hasn't been great uh, for him throughout, uh, and I think that's a little bit concerning. And again, when we're talking about anything Celtics related here, everything's going to be nitpicky because again, we're talking about what can derail them from winning a championship which is the only acceptable outcome for this season so you're just going to be looking for these things throughout here but these games again you're not going to read much into it these are tune-ups you know these are all playoff tune-ups here this you know th- this is not a, a super super important you know game for them
4: no you I mean, these games you're just hoping to get out of these games get a win and stay healthy i mean that that's really the only objective that matters at this point just win stay healthy and move on to the next one yeah
3: yep and that's uh but the thing, that's you know,
4: what... the thing, right the thing about this matchup though that that for me it's just kind of one of those things I tuck in the back of my mind is the way he struggled against Vooch uh who is a you know very good inside scorer and has developed to be a you know moderately decent perimeter threat as well uh, this is the kind of matchup that you'd have to deal with if you play Philly, only you're dealing with a better version of Vooch and you talk about Joel Embiid. Uh, so for me, it's, it's one of those things that I, I am absolutely paying attention to uh, because this that, that this is the kind of matchup that might give you some insight into what might be the kryptonite for, for Chris Stapps. Uh, Biggs who can play both inside and out, who basically, similar to him, only bigger and stronger. Uh and that's kind of what you know. Um, if you're dealing with Philadelphia and you gotta deal with Joel Embiid, that's kind of what, what you're you're looking at. Cause more times than not, Christaff is gonna have a mismatch at at one end of the floor. And Philadelphia is one of the few teams that has a guy that he will not have that against. Uh and and so when you and you play a team like Chicago with Vooch, he's not Embiid, but he's MB like as far as scoring around the basket and also scoring from the perimeter, and for for Porzingis to struggle the way he did, um, not crazy about
3: that look. Uh, Not crazy about that at all. Not 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 crazy about it. And I I have to amend my Porzingis stuff because he shot he shot really well in February in January uh, to bring that average up, but um, he just didn't. Definitely looked a little bit like like I said he got bullied he got bullied a little bit tonight uh, Mm -hmm. by Vucevic, and uh, you know he was on kind of both ends of the floor. Uh, And that wasn't super great to see, um, you know, from him tonight. Uh, But again, that's a minor, minor, minor thing. Rest of the game was basically, you know, what did you need to do to make sure that this wasn't going to be a slip up sort of game? Scal kind of said it in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in, in, in the game as well. He's like, I feel like this is going to be like a 17 point lead coming out of the third quarter. And it was, um that's kind of what that's kind of what happened here and so they got hot at the right time and uh and put it together and again I I just don't have tons and tons and tons to say about this because it's Chicago they're almost beneath you right I mean it's it's just not anything that you're super concerned with I would have liked to see them cash it in earlier Sherrod so we could have seen a little bit more of Tillman uh and uh Springer I'm not upset that they waited this long to get him in. But I think it's going to be a little while before you see these guys crack the rotation. And then Cornette comes in and he just does Cornette things. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about as soon as Bobby gets, you know, gets in here too. And Bobby's in Chicago. Yeah.
4: Please please let's save that for Bobby. Um, I, I, I don't want to extend question. I love the guy. I really do. I, I, I love the fact that he, um, how can i how I to put this. Um, he knows who the hell he is, uh, and he's not try- – He's not. I mean, he's not trying to be anything more than Luke Cornett. Uh, I'm the number three center on a really good team. There are certain things they want me to do, and I'm just going to do those things and just leave me alone. Uh, that's who I am. Um, I like the fact, though, that Luke is starting to look to score more. I, what used to frustrate me about him was when they signed him initially, he was supposed to be a stretch big. Who could give you, you – know, he could – help space the floor. And he never shot the damn ball. How the hell are you going to help space the floor? If you don't shoot, you have to at least pose like you're a threat. I like the fact that he's looking for his offense a little bit more now. Um, that's <laughs> the nicest <Nas> Manning. <laughs> I love that. Um, I like the fact that Luke's looking to score more because I do think he has the ability to do that. It's just that um, he may think the team doesn't need him to do that, but I think they do. I think they need him to look to score more, to do some of those things that we talked about when they first got him, which has helped space the floor. Um, the Luke that we've seen like the last few weeks, I think has been a much better version than what we saw early on in his 10 years is healthy. Um, so.
3: Luke Cornett update from, of course, I'm looking at a Bobby Manning Luke Cornett clip on Twitter as I'm <laughs> talking through here. Um, he thinks that Hauser is okay after the elbow um, and uh, that, he didn't break his face or anything like that, so he should be back, and that should be fine.
4: Well, that's good because th- that's you know, Sam's another guy that again I th- I think has the ability to in a playoff series, best of seven. Sam Howser could win you a game um, w- when he gets hot. There's not a whole lot you can do about that uh, because you can't pay too much attention to him because you got to worry about Tatum and Brown and D. White and Drew Holiday and Porzingis and all those other guys. Uh, so when he gets a rolling, and he can absolutely take over a game for a three, four minute stretch and be the difference in you winning or losing. And so it's good to know that he's not going to miss any significant time. Cause initially it looked, I mean, your initial thought is that he may have broken his nose and, you just don't know how players are going to respond and react if that happens. And then they have to play with a mask, which every player who's ever had to play with a mask talks about how uncomfortable it is. Uh, And for a guy whose strong suit is shooting the ball, you wouldn't know necessarily how that, how he would respond to having this plastic all on his face all game long. So that's good to hear that, that it's nothing serious. And it's not a broken nose. Cause that was my biggest fear when I first saw him, you know, yeah. holding his
3: face like that. Well, let, let's get off. Like I said, I, I want to give, you know, people get mad when we don't give people their flowers. And we'll do that. We'll move on. But I'm more interested in kind of, I, you know, I I did want to see. Um, if you're not going to play these guys against Chicago, I don't know. I I'll When are we going to see those end of the yeah, bench I, guys play? I'll get into it in a minute. But like, uh, first off, you know, definitely good to get. Derek White's a guy who was a little hot and cold entering the all-star break there. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of rode that for a while. It was like, you know, is this guy, is this guy our second best player type of talk coming from the fans? Uh, and then he cooled off a little bit uh, and he didn't have these Derek white type games. He had, I would say the most complete player start to finish tonight was probably white. I mean, it definitely started with the three blocks in the first quarter was really tone setting, um, you know, just from there. But, just the all-around game and that everything that he did. And he just came in and, you know, he's gunning freely. And when that shot's falling, he just looked great uh, start to finish. And it's like, yeah, this version, you want the best version of these guys when it matters most. So you're not really going to care with like little dips in and around the season, but right. like, this is definitely the Derek white you want to see the rest of the year and entering the playoffs, even after, after that small cool down period.
4: Yeah. But, but for Derek, I mean, t- you know, in his defense, he needed to have a cool down period because he was incredibly hot yeah. for way longer than anyone thought he could be. And, and so for him to cool off a little bit, uh, just a little hot. bit,
3: just a yeah. little bit, it right. wasn't and ridiculous. It, it was, right. just- And they were still winning
4: and yeah. they were still winning games,
3: even though he wasn't playing
4: great basketball and you still look at his numbers and they're, they're still career highs damn near across the board. Uh, so for, to me, Uh, Every player, I don't care whether you are, you know, Adonis Jordan or Michael Jordan, you're going to have a stretch where you're not going to be great. So can your team find ways to win? And but more important, can you find a way to recalibrate whatever it is that you were doing to work well and start doing that again? And Derek, it looks like he he, he's coming out the break looking like, you know, all star Derek White. And that's a good thing for you to see if you're the Celtics.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Holiday again, small you know contributions at least tonight but he's still stroking it um i i like everything i see from him right now um just the way that he's playing and i think that's just who he's going to be on this team it's again it's a five shot night for him and that's just it like that's just all that was needed uh from him tonight but he's still I mean when he has the opportunities knocking down the threes so he looks good so again you just feel good about pretty much everything there I thought Hauser before he got slammed in the face made some terrific plays yeah uh, the uh you know just the way he got his shots off he had a nice finish at the rim where he could have could have should have been an and one there but strong mm-hmm. in transition he looked off Tatum got off a quick shot you know on a three um I thought he looked great um and then obviously you had the Luke minutes as well but You know, I will kind of ask the question again, you know, what is the, what's the goal? I don't, I don't actually know, um, when it comes to guys like Tillman and Springer is the goal that they, cause Tillman did an interview today and he said, look, I'm, I'm part of the stay ready crew. So they've already kind of told him, you know, that they, they went through the whole sorting hat process and they said, he's on the, he's in the stay ready house, you know, like that's where he's going to be. So if that's the case, fine. Um, But if your goal is to see whether he's going to sneak in ahead of Cornette and take those Cornette minutes and you want that gritty presence and that defensive presence and the guy who's going to, who you can call on and, you know, it's not just stay ready, but he'll be ready because he's playing in a little bit. You probably need to find a way to start working him in before he's ready because you don't have that much time, right? There's only 27 right. games left. Like, if you're going to use these guys as anything more than break glass in case of emergency, you got to integrate them. If your plan is not, and they are, like, they might be viewing Tillman as Brissett right now. Mm-hmm. You know, big man Brissett. If I need it, I'll go to it, and I think I can trust them out there for a few minutes, but I'm not really counting on anything significant. I, and I, I I don't know Joe's philosophy there.
1: Get your buckets with your first bet at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers win $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams, quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com Boston and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner. Of the NBA, Massachusetts twenty-one plus and present in MA. Hope is here. First online real money line wager. Only ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline MA.org or call 80-327-5050 for twenty four seven support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call one eight hundred. G A M
4: one two three four. No, I I well, I I think Joe is, sees Tillman as just another guy that I think he's going to stay in that in case of emergency, un- unless unless there's an injury or unless, frankly, Luke plays his way out of the rotation, I, and and I don't think that's happening. Luke is doing more than what they are necessarily needing him to do, and that's going to keep him in the mix. Tillman is going to be that in case of emergency. And there's certain matchups that you can absolutely see Tillman probably seeing uh, some some minutes in that top nine-ish rotation, um, which they won't be using much of in the playoffs. It'll be very situational. If you're playing Philadelphia, Tillman is more likely going to play. If you're playing Cleveland, you're probably going to use Tillman play in new york you're probably going to see tillman in in those particular matchups but uh i don't think tillman is under any false impressions that he's going to come in here and get a chance to be in a rotation i think what his whole thing is it it goes back to what i think has to be the stay ready mantra that when i get a chance to play i gotta play well and i thought tonight tillman got in there did some really positive things he got a bucket he, he you know made a play at the rim defensively i think he had maybe one assist uh so for him you know, for a guy that played two and a half minutes and get a bucket assist or block, this was a, it was a good start. But to your point, John, you want to see what he can do if you have to play him more than just two and a half minutes of garbage time. What can he do when, you know, Al Horford picks up two fouls and Porzingis picks up two fouls in the first quarter and you're playing Philadelphia? Are you going to throw Cornette out there to deal with Joel or are you going to throw Xavier? More likely, you're going to... You're gonna go with Xavier uh because physically speaking he's a better matchup. So do you wait till you get to that moment to see what he can do? Or do you actually kind of put him in situations on the front end and then get a real sense based on what you see as opposed to what you think you're gonna see. Yeah. Um I, I, I do hope that Joe gives him a chance to play uh some decent minutes and and we're not talking about 25-30 minutes, but can we get to double digits against a bad team? Like this I would have I would like to have seen him get in earlier in the game, kind of similar to what they did, uh, you know, a few games ago, where you, you had like um, our good friend Jordan Walsh get in the game in like the first quarter. I was hoping that you would see something like that, just throw him out there early on, see what he does with the regular rotation of guys against you know a regular rotation of an opponent, and just see what happens for like two, three minutes. And then, yeah, that's all we want.
3: Yeah, we like we like new things, like, I wanted to see it. And again, I want to see him play with other players. I I mean, in I I loved. I mean, even two and a half minutes, you loved everything you saw. Defensively, the way he was moving with people, he gets a good block there. Offensive rebound, the kick out to the other new guy, Springer. Nice finish and one. He actually had but about five moments in two and a half minutes of play. Right, Uh, and he really does look like he's forty-seven years old. It's so uh, it's so funny, but um, yeah, the oldest twenty-five year old I've ever been around. I want to, I want to get him in there. Well, my, but again, it's not, I'm not delusional. It's not like, <clears throat> by no means do I think Brad went out and traded for this, like 25 minute, you know, per, you know, uh, you, know, tw- you know, 25 minutes per game guy that it's criminal to not be playing. But I am curious. I am curious what Brad meant when he got this. Was it like, Hey Joe, use him if you want it's your show or did he get him and like hey I got guys better than the guys we have here they are use them like I don't I, I'm not sure if Brad's mindset in this when he's getting Tillman is he thinking like I got you your third big now we can feel good about this you don't have to play you don't have to rely on Cornette as much and Joe's like I'm cool I I got I like the guys I have I don't really know. I I, I am curious there, uh, you know, because I think if you leave it up to Joe based off what we saw last year, I think he's going to stick with what he knows.
4: Yeah. And (laughs) I I think he will at the end of the day, but I, I, the one thing I I will say about Joe that I, I think as we inch towards the end of the season, Joe, as a coach is evolving. There are things that he's doing now that he would not have done last year, things that he's recognizing that he needs to do now that I don't think he saw as being things to address. And I, and this, I think, is part of that growth, understanding that you've got some pieces that may not necessarily be what you need to go to every night, but there are going to be times where you, you need to be proactive and get guys in situations, as opposed to waiting till, you know, Joel puts, you know, four fouls on three on Porzingis and one on out, and then throw them out there for the first time to see significant action. You got, you got 20 plus opportunities between now and then. Uh, to play this guy and to not just play him because you think he's better than Luke, but play him to see what the hell he can do. Um, And that to me is going to be the value of this final stretch. Is Joe Mazzullo going to evolve enough as a coach to recognize the need to play the guys at the end of the bench, not because you think they're better than the ones that are playing now, but to see whether they may be better fits than you initially think they are. Because Tillman, uh, to your point, John, he looked like he'd been with this team all season in those two minutes. I mean, his passes were, were crisp. He made his presence felt around the rim. He took advantage when he had a chance to score of doing just that without any hesitation, no second thought. There didn't seem to be any part of his game where you thought he was thinking more than just reacting and playing. And that to me is, 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 you know, for a guy that's just joining a team, that's one of the, one of the better compliments you can give a player that he doesn't seem like he's thinking out there. He's just playing. And, For those of us who are watching this game, we want to see more of that because we want to see whether this was just a fluky thing where he just – it was the right team at the right time and he was put in the right situation or whether this is kind of who he is against anyone that they play. Uh, Let's see what he does if, let's say, you're playing a team like Golden State Uh, because you know what he's going to do against a team. You know what to expect from him against a fully healthy Philadelphia team, a fully healthy Cleveland team. But what about some of those teams that maybe don't have that natural big that you worry about? How does he play against the average NBA team? Uh, You're going to get lots of opportunities to see that in action between now and the end of the season.
3: And just to address it here, because I want to put this in perspective. Nobody's saying there's a crime to not play these guys. And no one's saying that just the fact that they didn't play, that Tillman didn't play tonight is going to, be representative of how the rest of the season goes. I'm just curious how it goes because we're we're talking about what you're looking for in the back half here. You're really looking to just fine tune it. What are we going to do? Like the wins, you're almost at a point where the wins and losses don't matter anymore. And like, this is like a long standing argument in the chat and guys in the chat, lay off one another, please. (laughs) There's no reason. It's just, if you think something's a bad take, it's a bad take, but please come on, be nice to each other. Um, uh, please, please seriously. It's really all about what are we going to do here? You know, let's, what's it going to look like? Is there anything else we could try that might work? You don't want to mess with like, you know, you don't want to mess with like a perfect golf swing and see if you can get another two yards on that. But like, you might try a thing or two just to see how it looks. Okay. Right. Um, and and you did bring in new people late uh into the season and they didn't have a chance to to play right out of the gate. You gotta figure out if you're gonna use them or not. You gotta try some stuff out here and like lock that in. Uh and, and really and, and really and you're got, running out of time. You can't just do it when in the load management games when you sit everybody, because you're not gonna learn anything.
4: Right. And and the other thing too, and you know, you, you gotta keep in mind is you got a seven game cushion on the best record in the east so it's not like you're in this race where you gotta play your best players to win in in order to keep pace you obviously want to win every game but it's not like you're in a situation where you have to absolutely put your best unit out there night in and night out so that you give yourself you know a chance to have the best seating in the east you got a seven game cushion to play with now obviously you don't want to play with it too much but looking at your end of the bench guys getting them a few more minutes here and there maybe throwing them out in the first quarter as part of the rotation versus waiting to the end of the game when it's a blowout you think about that if you're Joe mazula i think you have to think about that to see what they can do in again real competitive the game isn't a blowout type situation yeah and 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 i didn't expect him to play tonight to be honest with you I, i didn't think he'd get out there
3: I actually didn't either. And I agree with this uh, comment here from Celtics guru. I don't know that it's negative necessarily, but I, I think we've been saying this all year long. It's like, you're really nitpicking things now because the standard is, I, I, I can't say it enough. It's championship or bust. It this is. is not, this is not like, Whoa, you know, like to hang a participation banner. And if you get to the conference finals and, you know, caught caught a tough break, you know, it's still a good season. It's not, It's not, I'm sorry. No, it's not. This is like it, you are, you're trying to run perfectly right now. That's Mm -hmm. all you're trying to get is this machine to run, you know, as efficiently and smoothly as possible entering the playoffs. So there is no letdown. So it's not negative or critical. It's, and it's not, no, it's not pessimistic either. It is maybe anxious is the best word you yeah. just you know you just want to make sure that it works right um, and- yeah,
4: You know, I just want to say, and, and the way that Brad has approached building this team at the end of last season up to this point, there's no doubt that they're going all in on this season. I mean, when you look back at, at how things just kind of broke down, they needed, you know, a, a stretch big. They needed another guy that can kind of give them some juice in the backcourt. So what do they do? They go out and get Drew Holiday, the best on-ball defender in the NBA, and that's not me talking. That's players in the league. That's how they view him. And then you go out and get Porzingis, who's one of the best stretch bigs Uh, out there uh and then on top of that during the season and when you realize that maybe you could use a little bit more physicality you go out and get Xavier Tillman who that's who he is that's what he does and knowing that you're looking so much towards the postseason this year you also have an eye out for the future so then you bring in a guy like Springer who's probably not going to do anything for you this year but you were able to acquire a player who you can develop down the road and it, while you're still competing at the highest level for a championship. And so I think folks are just eager to get to the big show. I mean, this, all of the, that's this, all the, the I've been, yeah. yeah. The season is kind of like the opening act to like the main attraction, which is the playoffs. And I, I give the players a lot of credit for playing with a level of focus. I just didn't think they had because they want to get there too. I but think so. not, yeah, yeah. But they're not allowing the usual trappings of the regular season. To, to limit them yeah. from being the absolute best team in
3: the NBA. And this is a good um good comp here. The the 08 team was clearly the best team in the NBA that year mm-hmm. through the regular season. Didn't mean they didn't have ups and downs as well. Remember Atlanta the took
4: them to – Al Horford but, and the Hawks took them to seven games in the
3: first round. It was the most lopsided seven-game series in history because the four wins were like by an average margin of like 28 points, but they still – they lost the three games in Atlanta and they had to go to seven. And that was, talk about anxious. You're like, what the F are you (laughs) doing here? You're struggling with these guys. And it got easier as time went on, you know? So, like, that was, you had to white knuckle it a little bit and and enter the possibility of, like, we just went seven with these guys? And that sucked. So, yes, it it is anxiety when it's like, don't blow it, guys. Don't do this to us. That's where fans are a little bit here. One, you've been burned a little bit in the sense that, Yes, going to conference finals and finals and falling short has a price. You know, some people pose it as, uh, you know, an accomplishment, but other people might look at it as a blemish, which is we've seen what happens when you get there, and I don't love it. And so that's what's in the back of people's minds. So there's definitely a little bit of anxiety as far as that's concerned. Uh, there's a there's a little Joe anxiety. There's injury anxiety. There's all that stuff. But you're right. You can't play perfect all all season long. And I don't think anybody's necessarily expecting that. You're just kind of looking at you know what could possibly knock this team off. Because you just said it, Shrub. The focus they've played with is is remarkable. They keep churning it out. There's not there's not what are the dips you know like not many that they I'm, haven't I'm been able shocked. to that they Shock. haven't been able to correct throughout the year you know they go through a stretch where it's like i don't i don't love the way they're playing right now and then they rattle off seven straight you're like well okay you know so they've they've won a lot of games that they would have lost uh and they're playing a lot better and and that's great so you know there's nothing there's nothing you can say about you know about you know, there's nothing but good things to say about how this team's responded to pretty much everything so far this year. So it's an overall positive vibe, but I think people are ready, as you said, for the playoffs more, you know, more than anything else. We're going to talk to you a little bit about Nutrafol. You guys know anything about this?
2: I'm starting to hear. Yes. Not as much as
3: you guys know about it, but I (laughs) know a little bit about it. Sherrod, like I said, not everything's for you, my man, but again, Hair growth and hair health, and again, Nutrafol's drug-free whole body approach promotes hair growth from within, no compromise, just better hair. Hair thinning is not inevitable. You can take control of your situation in your life you got. you're like me and bobby hair's flowing you think you're going it's good bobby i'll tell you you don't know what that's going to look like in 25 years you know i've already right. seen some gray you don't know but again 80 percent of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime it is entirely normal neutrophil is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people seeing thicker stronger faster growing hair with less shedding you do not want to shed right right I want a hypoallergenic uh, reporter, Bobby. I don't want you shedding everywhere you yeah. go. Um, phys- physician formulated using 100% drug-free ingredients. So take the first step to visibly thicker hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off first month subscription. Once again, $10 off first month subscription. Free shipping when you go to com slash... What do we got here? Men. Slash Men. Men, 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 com <laughs> slash men and use the code garden. Once again, $10 off com <laughs> slash men. Use the code garden. We've got coach Joe Missoula here talking. Let me see. What's he talking about? Winning. Uh, it's what I do. Uh Oh, here we are. We are talking about. What we were talking about earlier, and that is uh, Derek White and the game that he had today. And here's Joe Mazzulla talking about D. White. Again, kind of yeah, he's in the category with, uh, with
4: Drew. When those two guys, they, they have an, a tendency to affect the game with, in ways that
3: uh, you know people might not see sometimes, but also it's just it just goes under looked. And so there. Well, hold on, we're going to put Joe back up here. We had a little glitch here. We're going to put Joe up again
4: plays even the play at the end of the half where the two of them kind of flew around the entire court and kobe white got a contested three like they just have an innate ability to affect the box score but affect the 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 momentum of the game on both ends and i thought uh the two of them did that to start the game and uh you know i thought jason and jalen did a great job in the middle of it and then i thought derek's pick and roll execution
1: at the end kind of you know sealed it for us all-star break i didn't know where any of the buttons were
3: so that, that's on me. I pressed all the wrong. I Joe, Joe got tangled. I pressed all the wrong buttons. Yes.
4: yes. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, Um. yeah, he. he uh, the, the coolest thing about Joe Missoula right now is just the ridiculously blatant obvious comfort level he has with everyone. And talking about his players, even when they're playing well, and just not trying to, to, to over- emphasize the humbleness that he likes to do from time to time just your guy is kicking ass own that speak that truth uh don't hold back on that and right now you've got a number of guys who are playing at career levels on 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 every almost every metric and so when you should have the best record in the NBA when you have good players who are playing their best basketball uh, The thing that they've, they've really been good at is the consistency. Even when they've had like not so great games, they've found a way to have enough good stretches more nights than not that they can find a way to win. And this was another example of that, I mean, they, they didn't play their best basketball against Chicago, but they played well enough not to just win, but to leave no doubt as to them being the superior team. Uh, and and that again, that's a testament to these guys is a testament to Joe figuring out this kind of the different combinations and, and the, the cheat codes to, to go with to get the best out of these guys consistently but to me the the only hurdle that let that seems to be uh, unclear is what do you do at the end of the bench guys can you make sure those guys are ready to go when they get an opportunity and are you going to give them opportunities in this final stretch to play Because you know what Tatum, Brown, Porzingis and all those guys can do. But what about Tillman? What about Springer? What about, you know, Brissett? Guys that you don't anticipate seeing action throughout the playoffs consistently, but you may need them on a night or two to give you something more than just a warm body on the floor. You might need O'Shea to give you, you know, a couple offensive rebounds that get you four or five points in a game that ultimately decided by the last possession. You might need Tillman to, to come in there and give you some good interior defense, block a shot or two, get a rebound, a back on a night when you're having trouble, when other guys are having trouble finishing at the rim. But don't wait till those guys actually are in those situations. If you can have a chance to simulate them being out there by simply playing them in games now, uh, games that, frankly, you want to win, but you don't necessarily need to win in order to be the best team Record wise in the NBA, when all said and done,
3: yeah, we said it in the first half when they were trying to figure out <clears throat> who among those people, Banton, Stevens, Brissett, might have been a keeper. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got you know two casualties there with both Banton and Stevens traded. Um, mm-hmm. Brissett was the only one who kind of was able to step through a little bit, but mm-hmm. they didn't give him a chance. And again, when you're this good, there's just not a lot of opportunities there, but you did feel like part of the job should have been, you know, what do I have in these guys? And again, I know they've gone to inferior teams, but when you see Stevens putting up decent box scores, you know, in his first game, there's like, well, look, I know it's for a crap team, but this is competent NBA play. And that's all you need. That's all you needed. That's all you needed from your ninth or 10th guy competence. And like, it's really, really, really hard. It's actually a great lesson for what you can expect out of guys like Tillman and Springer, if they're not playing semi regularly, it's really hard to call on them. And, and, it, and if you ever end up needing them and expect much, staying ready sounds good and it's a good, great euphemism for bench scrub. But the reality is, you can't get into any sort of rhythm if you're not getting a little bit of run. It's really, really hard. You see how fast that game moves. You get in there and you haven't played any real game action for a long time. It's tough. What I mean. They run around, they hustle, they do their best. They may grab some boards and make some energy plays. The ball gets in their hands, and they don't know what the hell to do with it because they're just like, oh, you know. So it gets it gets it gets hard. Tillman strikes me as the kind of guy that's not going to be a problem for th- because of his style of play.
4: No, I I, th- I think he's the least of their worries when you talk about guys at the end of the bench because you know you, you you have to remember the situation he's coming from where he you know I mean on and off the court issues with that Memphis team. Uh, so he for him that being an organization to be with a team that has a clear mission to win it all and realistically that mission is very possible and for him to have even a small, you know, part in that. I think he embraces. He he knows that he's not going to play every game. Uh, I don't think he's under any uh disillusion or, or or idea or concept that that's going to happen. But he knows that when they call his number, he better produce uh, because he's not going to get many opportunities. And that, to me, is, is what, a, what a true – vet. That's what, that's what you want from your guys at the end of the bench, to understand that there has to be a sense of urgency when you get on the floor to make a positive impact because you're not going to be out there for long stretches. Uh, we've seen this you know, throughout the season where guys have had really good stretches of play, and when they go to the bench, they don't come back. And that you know, right or wrong, that's just that's just the reality of, of how Joe coaches his team. He has an idea of what he's looking for from guys, and when he gets that, if you're at the end of the bench, that may be all that may be your night in a nutshell, you may not get an opportunity to be, go above and beyond what the expectation is of you. So for guys like Tillman, your job is real simple. make an impact, be a difference maker, and know that even if you achieve those goals and check those boxes off, that doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to get more minutes uh, either in that particular game or in some games going forward. So, uh, and I think Tillman is built for that. I think he, from a mental standpoint, understands that, embraces that. And I, I genuinely think he's just happy to be part of a team that actually has something to play for other than a damn lottery. pick.
3: Yep. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I think, you know, it, you know, Bobby was a shoot around. He did talk to him um, today. And that was kind of his general vibe. Um, Cornette again, bobby taking big victory laps on twitter over his game and what's not to like about it it what's funny is like you would never think you would put the words cornet and electric in the same sentence but like unless you had the word not involved i think oh wow (laughs) someone told me there's like a thing someone told me why why that is like if you give it a thumbs up it does something yeah it's like a – yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. I don't wow. Know. Anyway. Electric. 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 <laughs> um, but he was, and he's fun, and I love the guy, and I hate that Bobby oversells his importance and then makes me say bad things about him because that's not what I want to do. Um, <clears throat> but his energy and his vibe and, and everybody just likes him. I think, I think they like him if he's playing or not playing honestly, because he's the same guy on the bench or not. Bobby did catch up with him in the locker room asking him here about the Tillman edition and whether that kind of factors into his mindset, you know, going down the stretch here and how he approaches his minutes. And here's uh here's Luke. Added
2: motivation for you just kind of competition
3: for you at that position? Um, to be honest, I'm not really uh, concerned about that at all. And, uh, I mean, we're excited to have Xavier here, and I think he adds a piece that is great for us, especially, like, having the versatility in the playoffs and stuff stuff that's really important. So, uh, I mean, we're happy to have him, and uh, I'm excited to have him as a teammate, and uh, I like the, yeah, element that he brings for our team. So, I think it just makes our team better. and makes us stronger. And uh, Yeah, I'm happy to have him and happy to welcome that for our team to be better and have a better chance of winning. (laughs) Both teams play hard. Both teams play Are Bobby trying to start controversy. Exactly. I you mean, know?
4: what is he supposed to say? No, nah, I don't want that guy here. I, yeah. I think I I'm afraid that he's going to take my minutes, Bobby. Um, come on. I I, I get why you asked the question, and, and Cornette, he said exactly what you're supposed to say in that situation. But to be to be frank and candid, Cornette doesn't have anything to worry about because there's nothing in Joe Mazula's track record that would leave, give him the indi- that would indicate to him that he has something to worry about. Especially if he's doing exactly what Joe is asking him to do night in, night out. So if I'm Luke, I can look you straight in the eye and say, I'm not worried because I, my coach has not given me any indication that I need to worry. Uh, and we all know it takes Joe a minute to be completely comfortable trusting guys uh, that aren't named Tatum and Brown and, and Holiday and Perzingis and Al. An so there's nothing really for, 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 uh you know, for Cornette to be worried about now. To me, it becomes an issue when they play Luke and maybe he doesn't play great. And, you know, they play uh, Xavier same type of, in the same game and he does play great. And if it gets to the point where you're seeing like two, three, four games where they're kind of mixing up the minutes and Xavier is significantly outplaying him, that's when you're going to have to start asking that question and seeing uh, – If it's asking that question of Joe, actually, more so than Luke. Uh, But right now, no, Luke has absolutely nothing to worry about because he's doing exactly – he's doing his job. The team is winning. There's a great chemistry and flow and rhythm to what they're doing. And Joe, I just don't see going out of his way to mix that up unless, again, the play and the performance of guys forces him to shake that up.
3: I'm going to posit that Tillman was more impressive in his two-and-a-half minutes than Cornette was – um, but that's just me. I'm just, that's just me, but it doesn't matter. I would say Cornette is bordering on cocky in that soundbite. Um, not, not quite. I know but, it's, yeah. I know. It's just he, he's like, like, I heard it too. I heard like, it too. Hey, I, I, I'm okay. I got my minutes. Like x Man's cool. But like, I, I think my, I think I'm set. I think I'm Joe likes me. Joe likes Joe and B- Bobby right. likes me. He's right. I mean, you he's what?
4: absolutely right about it. I
3: that. think I can get balloons if I do that. Yeah. Thumbs up, fireworks, peace sign, or victory sign balloons. It's a well, thing. We
4: need to get lemon cakes just flowing up from behind you, John. That's what we need. The lemon. But coming.
3: I love every time if I say Luke and give the double thumbs up and we just get fireworks, that's going to be great for everybody. Yeah. 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 That's going to be great for everybody. Um, Bobby is making his way through the locker room. Cornette has spoken. I don't know what it is that he's waiting for. He's waiting on Tatum, maybe. Um, to um to do his thing and as i said we're gonna get into tatum brown little all-star stuff tatum's done a couple of interviews recently they're interesting um and i'm i'm curious your take on them as well um and then uh we'll talk a little bit like i said everyone's kind of right now sizing up the east who scares you uh who's uh you know i is it hard is it ridiculous to say no one no
4: because, I mean, you're, you're basing it on facts. I mean, the, the facts are, let's you start looking at the teams near the top. Cleveland has had a great run of late, but I just don't feel that's a team that I'm, I'm concerned about because I think there are a number of teams, including the Celtics, who could knock them out in the first round if it came to that, to be honest. Uh, Philadelphia, you don't know about Joel and his situation, so they become a, a bit of a wild card. Uh, New York is playing well, but, again, I, I'm not really trusting them just because of, Just their track record of being New York Uh, and their best player. Uh, No disrespect to Jalen Brunson, but I'm not sure you're built to lead that team. And that's no knock on you. It's just that you're fit. You're you're like basically like a slightly bigger version of Isaiah Thomas. And as great as much as I love it, and as much as I love Jalen Brunson as a player, I'm looking at Tatum. I'm looking at Brown. I'm looking at Al. I'm looking for. there are just too many weapons on the on the green side of this equation that makes me not fear the Knicks. And beyond that, uh, the team that I worry about, and not so much beating the Celtics, but just making them work harder than I think they would want to early on, is Indiana. I don't want to see Indiana in the playoffs. And it has nothing to do with them beating the Celtics and everything to do with them forcing you to go deeper into your bag of whatever – than you should in the in the early goings of the playoffs. Uh, you're, they're not going to beat you in the series, but they're going to make you work. And I'm not sure you want to do that early on. You expect that in the conference finals and maybe even the second round. But first round, I wouldn't want to see them because I, I just think that they are going to ma- – and even in the second round, I wouldn't want to see them because I they just, they just make you work. And you don't want to do that in the playoffs, particularly when you've had the kind of dominant season that the Celtics look like they're having. I mean, they – could potentially wind up winning the East by double digits, which is kind of crazy uh, to have like a 10-game cushion. Uh, but it's very possible, very possible.
3: You are on mute, John, I believe. Bobby Manning, Manning threatening to come in. He, he popped in and he left. What's funny is how split people are on a lot of this stuff. I think, you know, if, Everyone's ruled out Milwaukee. I wouldn't do that. Um, Knicks, some people think they're the scariest team. Some people think that they're posers. Uh, Miami is kind of that whole, I don't respect them, um, but I fear them sort of thing, uh, or vice versa, depending. I don't fear them, but I respect them. I'm not really sure, but it seems like it's kind of a a mix there. I, I really think ultimately it all comes... Let's assume everybody levels up some in the playoffs. The question is will the Celtics do it as well? You know, and can they meet their energy? Cause I'm not super worried from a talent perspective that any of these teams um, are there, but you're going to play, you know, again, Dame is scary. Giannis is scary Indiana and the way that they can get hot. If you're not, if your offense is clunky, you know, it's a team that can run you off the floor. You know, there's definitely landmines there. Nothing to be worried about, but like Miami's a first round landmine potentially. Philadelphia, if they fall all the way back in the pack and Embiid comes back in the last couple of weeks of the season and they're an eighth seed, that's not great. Like, no, that's not a traditional eighth seed. That's not super fun too. So, I think you got to worry less about who they play and more about how they play. Uh mm-hmm. I think being the bigger bigger issue there. It's not like and and in the past, I've always made this. I've always taking this uh, stance with the Celtics, how far they've gotten. I think people made a bigger deal out of, well, look at all the conference t- championships. I think in many of those cases, it was just simply a matter of the road and how they got there. Had they faced different people in different rounds, they could have been first or second round exits in all of those years. To me, all of those years are failures. Getting to the conference finals and losing is no difference than a first or second round loss. Honestly, like <laughs> the heat loss to the Bucks in the first round, Bucks lose to the heat in the first round, you lose in the conference finals. If you played them in the first round, you think you beat them or you lose the same way? You might lose the same way. So, Mm -hmm. And then you're the loser who fired your coach. Everything's a disaster, and you fire your coach, and all of that stuff happens um, because you had a disappointing first-round exit. I don't see that this year. There isn't that team where you're like, I'm worried about the matchup per se. You're really just worried about how the Celtics play. We're going to bring in Bobby Manning. What's up, Bobby? Bobby, we can't hear you, and you got a double-name thing going on there.
2: Volume. You got me?
3: Yes, we got you now.
2: All right. Yeah, uh, that was a fun game. Good way to get out of the break. A little bit of a strategic matchup both ways, and I thought the Celtics looked good on both ends there and handled business. So uh, this ends up being... I think a solid way to start the second half here against a team that I think sort of built you up for that next matchup on Saturday, which is going to be the real challenge. I know you guys were kicking around some of the East teams there. Uh, this bulls team, I think is starting to creep into that category of potentially annoying first round opponent that I think challenged them in a lot of ways tonight. Kobe white's tough. I thought he really had Derek white working throughout the double big thing. in mean, Porzingis's. A following in this game against all that size, I thought was a challenge for the Celtics here too. So, you know, they had to sort of scheme their way out of this one, defend harder. I mean, they had some awful defensive stretches in this one and they made some adjustments mid game as uh, some of the guys were talking about. And Joe led the main one uh, apparently. So uh, this is a good win. I think the bulls, this is a completely different team than the one that the Celtics blew away in that, tournament game earlier this season so i was pretty impressed with the effort in this one tonight uh despite some real lapses in the middle of the game i love the start forcing all the turnovers the million blocks and love the finish going up by 20 and basically slamming the door on them so uh, this is a good one and you know some good stuff out of the post game and all that too sounds like sam's fine they were joking about that and i you know i think tatum's Still caught up a little bit on the MVP thing. I think it's time to probably stop talking about that. Even, you know, you do get asked and you do answer. Uh, But I think uh, that's probably time to move on. Why do you say that?
3: Did that come up again tonight?
2: Yeah, Bobby.
3: Elaborate.
2: Yeah, he got asked again and, you know, went on, you know, a little bit of a soliloquy about how he doesn't have to be first in the race, but he didn't like what ESPN said about, losing in the finals two years ago eliminates from, from the uh, races. I believe Brian winhorse was talking about, it. I didn't see the clip myself, but I think that's what he was kind of getting at. Or the perception is that that is what's keeping him away from ranking higher in that race. And listen, John, I'd probably have him third, fourth. I think that's fair. I think consensus is probably a little lower than that. I think would he come in a straw poll, like fifth, sixth or somewhere in that range. So, He's not going to win. I mean, there's just too many gaudy numbers at the top of the race. Jokic just too much for that Denver team. So that's what's really stopping him here. I think he has a comparable case to Shea. I don't think you take too much away from him for being on a loaded team because oftentimes this award goes to best player on the best team. That's what he is here. So I do think that's what bumps him up a few yeah. spots for me over a Giannis, over a even a, a Duka certainly to me. Yeah, But if he's behind Shea, to me, he's behind Jokic definitively. Regardless
3: of that, it's less about where he ranks in it. And I'm going to put this up. And this is Ben, first of the floor. Terrific podcast coming up right after um, the Garden Report here. Uh, tune in to the Aussies, Ben and Jake, um, for some more basketball talk. Look, this is a fair thing to say, Ben. If, yeah, if that's we,
2: what I said too.
3: But, 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 but there's also really easy ways to answer this, to kill the narrative. If you don't want to talk about it, just say, and I mean, God, this is just 101 one stuff. Just say, it doesn't matter. No, I don't me. care. I'm, I just want to we, win. We just want to win. Mm-hmm. It, it, talking about it, you're speaking it into existence lots of questions get asked and they don't become narratives because people just bat them away this is a real easy one but every time it's answered there's a little weird victim mentality going on here which is the league's down on me because i'm being penalized for losing so i guess i have to win and maybe maybe if i win then i'll get mvp consideration just swat the question away man It's not that hard.
4: But here's the thing. Here's the thing about that, John. Because me me and and Vinny Goodwill from Yahoo Sports, actually in podcast last week, we talked about this. and, And Vinny had a theory. And the theory goes something to the effect that Jason Tatum has been at a certain level for Ever, it seems like since he's been in the NBA, and he really hasn't taken his game to a significant level higher than that. Not that he's been because he's Tatum been
3: so ever, good for so long. Right. Exactly,
4: it's it's to the point where people are like they they discount him as an MVP because he's just really good. Remember, Joel Embiid B was putting up good numbers for his career, and then he took this major leap forward. And what happens? He individually, he was the most dominant player. Team wasn't great, but he was great. He gets MVP. Tatum is a victim of his own success in many respects uh, because he's been so consistently elite that his game, statistically speaking, hasn't taken that, that significant bump that a lot of MVPs do. And again, that is wrong in many respects because you're kind of supposed to be really good. It's not fair. No, it's totally not fair. And so I I get why when he brings it up, but he plays, he falls into the victim lane,
3: which I I hate to see that. Talking about it it, talking about it, Tells people that you care about it. You, you do care about it, and Absolutely. that's the point. It's Absolutely. not that. Yeah, the. It's so easy to say. The media is asking, "What's he going to do? Not answer it, batted it away, or lie. It's like, it's like, it's such an easy thing. Like, how many athletes have been asked about individual awards in in the history of sports, even ones that were runaway winners, like they knew they were going to win, and just say. If we're focused on one thing and that's winning individual words don't mean a thing. It's like, just write it on a notepad, pull it out of your pocket and just read it. Go back if, look or, at else, the or else you're opening up the, the, or else you open up the conversation to like, wow, he really is thinking about this a lot. You know, like you just leave it. it. It doesn't, even if you do care leave it alone. Jokic has, has given
4: you the blueprint for how to do that. Cause I mean, he, it's very clear that.
3: He I don't even know care. if Jokic cares if he wins the title. He's just like, I go back and I drink and I, you know.
4: And I ride my horse. and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, but, but that's the blueprint. If you are seriously not wanting to talk about that or you really don't care about that, that's how you do it. You, no. you, you absolutely shoot it down every time it comes up and make it clear that you care
2: about winning. You don't really care about that other no. stuff. It's pretty. He wants. He wants both. I think that's pretty clear. He does. However,
3: however, look again. This is simply just from a fan perspective. Because I'm not saying I actually. I've never. I've always pushed back on the Jason Tatum is selfish. Thing. I don't believe he's chasing stats. I I've never thought that I've always believed that. And I think he's been really honest about it. The evolution of his game. He thought he had to do it all and he had to come out smoking and he would search for a shot. And now he's learned to be more patient. Let the game come to him, you know, read and react and stuff like that. And you see that paying dividends in a kind of a more complete all around game. But I've always mm-hmm. thought in the past, his flaw was that he thought like that's, how he could best impact the game to just go off, to just be top five Tatum. And yes, I do think he's concerned with legacy and this and that, but it's, it's a little backwards. The thinking right of the, I guess I have to win to be considered MVP. No, you shouldn't, you just want to win to win. And if anything else happens, that's great. It's like, I want to be great, but I guess I can't be great until I win. So I'll go win. It feels Backwards, it should be like no, 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 no. no. I just want to win first, not I want to win so now I can, can be considered, you know, an MVP caliber guy. I don't know why that needs to. You can. Everybody's fueled by being great. Everybody's fueled by being the best, and everybody deep down wants to be the best. But it is a strange bordering on obsession. It feels like where I think he's he's very attuned to it. I'm not saying it's his biggest thing, but it is interesting uh that the, you know that all of the talk with it and feeling like he's being unfairly criticized for losing and this and that i mean i don't know like i said I, I you could you could live without it
2: yeah i mean in totality you have heard him say that the championship's more important that
3: and i believe that too it's just yeah. he's wired he's wired this way to 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 think about i don't know
2: yeah there there was just something about that single slight that uh he didn't like and Again, I, I didn't hear the comment in full. I, I think it was Winhorse who said it. Uh, I think that was more just about the perception of him. And I, I do think Winhorse's comment rings true in the sense that when Tatum lost that finals, it became a big hit on him because of the way he performed. And then I think he just ended up under a bigger microscope. And you know, if we're talking about the reason that he's not going to win MVP, yes, as, as both of you said, it's, he's not stacking up the stats the way some other guys are. He's not the center of the universe that a guy like Luca is. And those usually end up being big factors in who ends up winning this thing. Uh, but I also think, you know, he does get a strike for being on the best possible team and that's probably not super fair. And, there's an inconsistency factor, I think, with him a little bit, too, that is fair in that, you know, even in this game, John, what was he? he was sitting at like seven points through like two and a half quarters. Three for
4: seven shooting, something like that to start.
2: That in and out thing with him, and we see it less now, you know, but games like that Philly game last year, you know, you start three or 13 or whatever it was in that game or one of 13, game six, turning around a dramatic way, as you said, John, by just going off you need a more complete profile here. And the standard is high. You know, winning MVP is an enormously high standard. Uh, you got to be able to do it all the way that Jokic can. And again, that's an enormously high standard that's set by a guy like that. Maybe in a different era, he has a better shot at winning an MVP rather than playing alongside a guy like that now. But that's still the biggest thing, right, John, the consistency factor. Like he has to come out and put up, gaudy numbers every night and be productive and consistent. And that's just the standard that the guys in front of him set. Um, so I don't know. We're like what will get it done? You think for him?
3: Uh, nothing. That's the point. I, I think he's uh, the reality is this he's going to be Sherrod put it this way. He's been an outstanding player pretty much at this level now for three years, four years, uh, first team, all NBA type guy. Um, and that's where he lives, and I think that's where he'll continue to live. He might not ever get the gaudy stats, and part of the reasons behind it is because now he has a better team around him. Like, there could be a version of Tatum five years from now if the Celtics take a step back four years from now when they have to kind of reload on the fly, and he's the only guy on the team, and he might get his 34 points per game on a team that ends up as the second seed and might get an MVP there, but the team's probably going to be worse for it. Reality is, and we've said this about Tatum from the get-go, best version of him is is 26 26 10 and seven you know like and that can win you an mvp honestly mm-hmm. like i i think you gotta not worry about pouring it entirely into you know the points and i'm not saying necessarily is but the best version of him is the one that takes a step back offensively to make his teammates better people will recognize it because he's playing good defense this year mm-hmm. um And he is a more complete player than some of the other stat hounds, not all of them, but, you know, certainly someone like Luca and guys who just put up, you know, uh, you know, there's certain people that, you know, there's certain, there's some empty calories behind some of those stats that they put up there. Um, Or, you know, I'm not going to say Embiid, Embiid's a force, but also he's, he's the whole, he's the whole ball game over there. You know I mean? Not entirely, but they, they lean on him so much. So yeah, you want like a, I mean, saying having a Jokic stat line is ridiculous because nobody, no one's doing that. No one's doing that. And no one's doing that with that level of efficiency. But
2: right. you know, yeah, at this point, Jokic can M- be MVP. Every MVP.
3: Year. LeBron is like was like a twenty-seven, nine, and eight guy. You know, twenty-seven, nine, and seven. You know, type of type of player. It's it's going to be hard for him. It's going to be hard because the they're better when he does a little less. Um, It's a fact when they share the ball and when they, and when they work it through and let everybody get involved or when he's trying to involve his teammates, um, they're better. So it's hard for him. I think he's stuck a little bit um, at least for the next couple of years around a team that doesn't need him to go off for 30 plus every single night. And he's still putting up really outstanding numbers. It's just probably going to be short of MVP. That being said, I think he will get some consideration because I think people will look around Embiid goes down. Jokic is going to get a crap ton of votes, but there is some Jokic fatigue. I think Tatum statistically might fall below SGA and Luca, certainly in the points per game and this and that, but he's going to get the best player on the best team uh, nod and might get more consideration than I think people are thinking. A lot of people are saying five, six here. I think he finishes top three this year for sure. I really do. I, have I think, right yeah. Yeah. think it will be three. I, I think he finishes top three,
2: and you look at what's going on with Luca. It, it's it's impressive production. But... He's got
3: the plus minus. They're going to have the wins. They're going to blow away the competition, and you're going to be like, "How are we not thinking about this at least?" So I, I think he's going to get some legit consideration. And you're talking about like one injury to like a you know somebody you know dropping off and falling behind a 65 game threshold or something to 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 vault him up. I don't think it's ridiculous. The bigger story to me is whether is that it's on his mind and it's been, it's something that's been talked about quite a bit. The face of the league stuff, you know, that article been out there, who cares? You know, is that something, that <laughs> you,
2: you know? You know, what's a big benefit for him now going forward though, is the fact that you're going to factor in availability in games played because yes, you're eliminated if you fall below 65. But in my mind, if you're playing, I don't know what he's on track for because he's resting a little bit more this year, but you know, 75 plus certainly, I think that's a big stat in your favor if you're him. And he's consistently a guy who's capable of playing 78 plus 80, even 82. If he really needed to, I think he could do it. Uh, so I think that works in his favor now too, where the NBA has actually started to emphasize that as part of your case. So I go back and forth on it. Part of me early this year, especially when he had that hot, hot star and then tailed off again, it was sort of the same story as last year. He was the MVP for the first month and then he tailed off same thing last year. That made me start to think oh he might just be in that mix for a long time at least and never quite get there but when you do think he's that top piece on this top team that is gonna i think create a avenue for him to get into the conversation but again the guys in front of him are just or at least the guy in front of him and jokic is so daunting i mean you look back on last year he probably should have won it last year too uh, so it's, it's like the Jokic award at this point. Can you do something that compares or competes with what Jokic is doing every year? And it's tough.
3: It is. Sorry, I muted myself. Nobody can. It's all going to be Jokic fatigue, if anything. Um, if and that's anything kind of what happened last year. Yeah. Yeah. I have a suit of great ones.
4: I mean, it happened with Michael, it happened with LeBron. It, it, it's, just, it's just the reality of when you're that great and you're consistently great. Yeah. Uh, which is to me, that's the calling card of, of Jokic. Not that he puts up these numbers, but he puts these numbers up every night. Yeah. he does
2: things no one else can do.
0: This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: This episode is brought to you by Dermalogica and the iconic Daily Microfoliant. This bestseller gently exfoliates away dirt and debris to reveal instantly smoother, brighter skin. Add it to your daily routine to minimize blackheads and dullness while improving the look of dark spots, even on sensitive skin. Try it yourself and discover why it's a fan favorite. Shop now at
2: Dermalogica.com
1: slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY for a special gift with purchase.
2: Uh, better I help. used to watch that show. Uh, so... By the way, uh, I know we're still talking about the game a little bit here, but I do want to get into some All-Star Weekend stuff too.
3: We will let you do that a little bit, and then, Sherrod, it's going to be Sherrod's bedtime.
2: Well, Sherrod, I'll I'll throw this at you because I could probably name my top five moments, bottom five moments probably a little easier because I didn't love the weekend overall. But definitely in my top five was running into none other than Isaiah Blakely uh, one of the nights after the games. Also known as tax deduction number one, my son.
4: Yes, TD one, yeah, my guy. It's great
2: to see him out there. I haven't seen him in a minute. So uh, he was doing his thing. I guess he took off before the game, which was a smart move. Mm. Um, <laughs> But I did run into him. I think on Saturday night after the dunk contest. So that was fun. That's I what tons of people
3: with do at those big events. You go and you cover the, the 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 whole brouhaha leading up. Ton of people leave the Super Bowl, you know, yeah. Super Bowl week on Friday and Saturday and miss the game because all of the stuff and all of the work that you have to do is in the lead up. So it's the it's the media frenzy and all of that stuff that people are there for. Um, but yeah, he was there doing ringer stuff. That's cool. Yep.
4: Yeah, he was there doing uh, his usual audio podcast editing stuff. So, yep, yep.
2: So let me try to rattle this off real quick. I guess top five. We'll throw the Isaiah meeting in there, but you know, just meeting catching up with people in general. A lot of celebrity sightings, which was awesome, and we did catch up with Jalen Rose after the dunk contest, which was cool. Joe Sway got to interview him for a couple minutes. Um, I did enjoy the dunk contest. I thought it was cool to watch in person. The crowd was good. I know got lackluster reviews, and it wasn't certainly among the greats, but I thought it was solid. The Steph Sabrina thing really came through. And then, um, honestly, I, I enjoyed the food out there generally. Like, it wasn't amazing, but I did enjoy it. You know, some of the, like, Harry and Izzy stuff that was going on out there. But bottom five, the madhouse media experience. I've never seen so many reporters, John. Like, it was out of this world. You couldn't get an inch near any of these guys um a blizzard rolled through on top of it which was not fun they did not clear it well downtown came to a standstill um really not a ton in the way of events this year at least that i kind of had access to um and some of them kind of got ruined by the weather too this year and the game stunk that has to be in the bottom five just all-time bad all-star game Uh, and then we'll round it out with um the Friday stuff kind of stunk too. The G League team beat Wembenyama, and, and Celebrity game was kind of a waste of time. So I hate to those say are it;
3: su- those are supposed to be wastes
2: of time. Yeah, they are. It's just I hate to, to say it. Overall, a net negative. It was fun. Yeah. It was cool to experience, but wow, not not the best All Star weekend. Well, next year it's going to be in the Bay, so
3: there's hope. I like that. There's hope that's that's back to back to my roots
2: do you think they gotta mix it up john there's a lot of talk is or is it just what it is
3: so i i'm in the camp of it is what it is and like when did what i didn't get the memo uh, like when that the all-star game was supposed to matter to me like i don't understand why everyone got so mad like it's these are all jokes guys like it's it's bad business to go out there and try. It doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to be competitive. It's it's so people can see their favorite guys and be like, "Look, there's those guys," and that's it. Like that's it. I do. I wish. I wish. Like, I wish the dunk. Con- there's no reason the dunk contest should be that bad. Like none. That oh. that should that should be. If you want to do live live with the fact that the All Star game is going to be a joke but put big ass prize money into the friggin dunk contest and and, and make it an eight-man field and let and, and and honestly you can't enter with anything short of a 38 inch vertical. you know like I want measure I want high flyers in there and go. It, 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 that would be great because that alone would restore a little bit of credibility to the weekend to have the best like, that was a big deal. The All-Star game sucked, but Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins were in the dunk contest every year, and that was cool as hell. And and the best shooters do the three-point shootout, and that's kind of cool. So you actually get to see the best at those two – two the two most exciting and plays you in basketball. kind of
2: have that with the three-pointer. The,
3: yeah, the three-pointer is always going to be hot. You're going to have the two – the best people at the most exciting things that they do in the game – actually out there competing the dunk contest has become a joke what's funny is i don't agree with much but stephen a smith actually did nail it when lebron was the first like superstar who could jump through the roof who was like i I don't want any of this and then it really did feel like it dipped after that i I don't get
2: why he did that charade i do
1: agree
4: yeah i mean i i i don't understand why that i mean think about this we've never seen zion williamson in a slam dunk contest and yet so much of the hype and build up of him coming into the NBA was the fact that this 275, 80 pound, it's a crime athletic guy could play above the rim. Like no one we've ever yeah. seen you. They have to figure out a way to convince those type of players yes. to be in a dunk contest. And and finally, I mean, think about it. Jalen Brown was in a slam dunk contest with three other guys who literally were not in his league. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. at least a and, year ago. And that and that just shouldn't happen. That just should never happen. I mean, Dalen is a, he's the most highest paid, he's the highest paid play player in the NBA and you don't even get the best topping brother. You get the yeah. backup
3: brother. Yeah. So, I think that number one to restore it would be uh really monetize or incentivize somehow that dunk contest and get the stars back in it or have or how about this? Have the fans vote on the dunk contest participants and and let them decide who they want to see out there. And I'm sorry, you got selected. You don't want to go, you don't go. But if you were also an all-star, you don't get to go to the all-star game either. You're there, you're dunking. I don't give a crap, figure it out. This isn't the type of thing that requires much spend a weekend, come up with a few dunks and go out there and give the fans what they want. I don't, it's a joke otherwise. So I want to see those guys. I want to see those guys. That's more important. You'll never make the game competitive. If you did want to make the game a little com- more competitive, I would do a hybrid of what they did before. There's two options you would do. One, one potential thing would be to go to like, a, um, like the uh, NHL does where you get a captain of three or four different teams and play smaller games and have them yes. compete in shorter form. And have them go to twenty. I think you're. I think you start to have the games go to a point total.
2: Going to the full game was such a bad idea. You
3: start to sweat a little bit when you know you're down like twelve nothing in a game to twenty. So you don't have time to screw around. You're going to get embarrassed and run off the court. So you got to. You have to try a little bit more. Remember they played to
2: a score in every quarter that year, twenty twenty, I think it was, and then they played to like the target score in the fourth. That worked well.
3: So I would do something like that, or what else you could do is. Uh is add four spots, four all-star spots for scrappers. Okay. And put one of those okay. guys on each team. Draymond, Derek white, put in, Neesmith? put it, yeah. Put in a couple of guys. We'll go. Oh jog- my
4: God, Isaiah Stewart while
2: you're at it. Yeah. Once he's back from suspension. Yeah.
3: And I agree. Plenty of role guys have won slam dunk contest, but they were also competing against, against guys. People didn't run from the dunk contest. They did not run from it. Okay. If you were a good dunker, you dunked. That's just what you did. And and they don't anymore. So it's not just stars. But yes, it's people who are known for this. And yeah. did anybody know? Had anybody seen Jaime Jaquez dunk before? Like- <laughs> no.
2: No. You know,
3: (laughs) no, I, 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 and as many times
2: two G G leaguers was ridiculous. I, when Jalen announced it, you were like, "Oh, here we go. He's gonna bring the stars." Then you see, no, I did not think that. Yeah, I did not.
3: Uh, I'm gonna keep my Jalen takes to myself.
2: Fair enough. Okay. He did say he's gonna do it again next year, though. He shouldn't. Well, there you go. You let your take out
4: find a way to get like Zion Williamson and like, you know, just some legitimate jump, legitimate NBA players. Can we get NBA play? There should be a rule where you have to be in the NBA for like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 games to be in a slam dunk contest.
3: Is that asking a lot?
2: I, I think you'd have to tie it in with the rookies. Cause you just, or, you're not going to, you're not going like, to I like to
3: USA play. versus the world, especially if the other team, you're looking at the best players, but also Nobody takes the game less seriously than Jokic and Luka. They they don't give a crap. They they could not care less. They care even less than everyone else.
2: Jokic was hilarious. Though. He was like holding Jalen's arm at one point trying to defend him. I don't know, he threw down that reverse dunk attempt at the end. He was just goofing off the whole time. It was funny, though. Yeah. yeah.
3: But, but like, yeah. Yes, I want Ant to do it. That would be, Yeah.
2: I mean, Anthony Edwards, Zion Williamson, Jalen It's got to be Brown. the younger guys. Like, maybe it's like a rookie rite of passage or something. Like, the top picks or whatever have to do it. Or, you know, you just once. I don't know. There's got to be something. like You're not going to force LeBron to do it at this point, And the older veterans. don't want to see LeBron do it at this point. point. Yeah. No, no,
3: no. Not anymore.
2: You know, uh, it's, it's, it's and, and there's
3: before. also, there are guys who are better game dunkers than, like, fancy, you know, contest right. dunkers, too. And that's different. Like, if you look at LeBron's highlight reels of dunks, almost every single one of them is a ridiculous pullback where his head's up near the rim or the kind of scoop reverse almost all look at every dunk he's ever had. It's all the same. Um, so I wonder if he like, (laughs) he just dunks with such power and it's really impressive. And maybe he's like, I can't do this whirly, you know, twirly, whirly shit. So like, I'm just not going to bother. And that was it, you know? Um, and that was it. I'm not a JB hater, guys. Don't, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, he just did He just did four of the most ordinary, like, dunks that, like, 80% of the world can do. But they there just, was some
2: showmanship to it.
3: I, I, that doesn't matter. Like Doesn't? I think he wanted points for it, but ultimately, people just want good dunks. And they were pretty, pretty, I mean, look, man, this isn't one guy. Like, just if you took to Twitter and you put Jalen Brown's name in it, it, there wasn't a lot of positive you know it's like he's getting it, booed badly it was not it was like
4: draft night all over again
3: the world the world reacted to it okay it wasn't you know that it was it was they were bad you, you
2: didn't even have to say anything john it was they were bad They were. i like the glove one we were joking about it with him what yesterday. was the
3: point that was a cell phone it was like Look people think I can't lo- do- use my left hand. I'm gonna do a I really like basic dunk with it
2: <laughs> I like that. I guess he could have we were joking with him he could have moonwalked after maybe that would have gotten another point oh man, but he's he you know he came away from it okay he's, he said he's rolling with the jokes and he's gonna do it next year if they want him to so. Yeah. And At then least and he's then, doing and, it. Like and, and, He gets he gets credit for he put himself out there, John, in a way that absolutely nobody else I would applaud in
3: him for that. I I'm, I'm gonna give a bigger knock to Tatum, who couldn't be bothered to take off his coat, throws a horrible freaking lob to him, and then leaves. Bounced. Exactly. And then Look, leaves he and he had minutes, to stay for ten but, more minutes. He didn't John, stay for ten more minutes to watch his boy in the finals. But, oh my but John, God. that
4: that to me symbolized what the slam dunk contest has come to. Even the best players who are asked to participate in it don't want to stick around for that stuff.
3: Yeah,
4: I mean, he literally did not have time to. T- it was just like, okay, uh, my Uber's going to be here in three minutes. Let me <laughs> just throw this up here real quick, and I'm out. I'm out. I couldn't believe
1: what I saw. Him.
4: Yeah, I can't believe <laughs> about that.
3: <laughs> Kyle Richards, nice one. <laughs> it was that was awful. I'm sorry. It was awful. You Know, I'll give props to Jalen for trying. I'll give props to Jalen for trying to make it creative. I'll give props to him for being the only guy with any name and any reputation to possibly put on the line. And he did it, he did all of those things. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I thought, you know, you know, again, all Tatum has to do is pretend a little bit there, you know, like. But you're it. right. The the stars not even staying to watch it. You know. I mean, holy crap! It's it's it, it is it's gotten gross. It's and can we
4: bad. can we just completely ban dunking on Shaq as an option? Um, How many times are they going to pull him out there? Not apparently every damn year that they have this. That it's it's stop. Just stop. Stop. Stop.
3: Yeah. 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 And that's it. So, yeah, those are brief thoughts. It wasn't, like I said, I think Jalen did handle it well. I think he definitely caught some heat. I think he, you know, jumping over a five-foot <laughs> guy in a chair. I think he, he definitely – Why do you
2: try to do three things? That was so – He definitely he memed himself there a little
3: bit, yeah. And Tatum uh, didn't help him. I don't know what – Tatum didn't help.
2: Passes. Yeah. Tatum didn't help at all. And then don't the, – The slippery floor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah.
3: Why? Yeah. Why? The floor was slippery. It's all good. It's all good. Again, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Who dunked over Taco? The, uh,
2: Who a was that? Years ago?
3: Was that Gordon?
4: Zach Levine, maybe? Or was that different?
2: Okay, we could try this one. Uh, it was Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So uh, uh,
3: the, the, the the very short answer to all of it, how do you fix it? Throw a lot of cash behind it. If the NBA wants it as a big weekend and they want ratings and they want all of that stuff and they think it's super important as a showcase for the league, uh, then they should 100 percent put a ton of money behind it. You know, five hundred thousand dollars to each participant of a winning team, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and people, if you're going to play for it in a plan, you'll play for it in an all-star game. You want competitive, you got to put money behind it. That's, that's basically what it comes down to. Big cash uh, prize for the, for the dunk contest for, you know, all of that stuff. Would Luke do it? Luke Cornett, the dunk contest. Uh, Or would he allow himself to be dunked over?
2: Yeah. Maybe that would have helped Jalen getting him involved. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows?
3: Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, we are going to wrap, but thank you guys for hanging out here. We're back on, what, Saturday? Saturday. Yeah, big
2: game Saturday, Knicks, Celtics,
3: MSG. Cass coming in with a little boomer take. I like it. You're right. I, the cool, I hate being the kids these days. I don't do the kids these days talk. I don't. I, like, I I hardly ever. I, I do think they're too cool for school. Nothing bothers me more than, like, one of those skills competitions when it's a race around stuff and they jog. What, d- don't do it. Like that kills me. It's like doing a dunk contest, but shooting layups instead. Like, why did you enter? Did you like, see
2: Edward shooting lefty? And then yeah. Barnes just thrown it over his head. Over his head. That stuff. I,
3: I is it, are you that? <laughs> or is everyone just, everyone's just worried to be memed, right? They just don't want to embarrass themselves. That's I what think Jay maybe, I think that's it. It's like, just, If you're gonna talk about it, it's really I kind of social media. Has anyone ever been made fun of for and that stuff's just going to be immortalized if you if you if you if you if you do something silly.
2: Would you really be made fun of if you went out on one of these things and just gave it your all? Like you don't have to be diving on the floor, but (laughs) we're not asking for much. We're really not.
3: No, it's silly. It's silly. So we got, we got. Do we have the Knicks, Bobby?
2: Yeah, MSG. So we, we got something in New York.
3: We got something fun to talk about. Bobby's on his way to MSG. That should be cool. We're back with the Garden Report on Saturday. What time's that game?
2: Eight thirty. Oh, you can't do that to me. That's a tough one. Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. Seven Central. Come on, guys. It's We're here. It's not, it's not
3: Central Time, anyway. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Uh, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for hanging out here. Second half kicks off with a resounding uh, Celtics win over the Chicago Bulls. Um, didn't have them all the way. I mean, you know, it was close through the half, but they put them away when they had to. Nice games from Derek White, um, Jalen Brown, and, uh, and, uh, and Bobby's boy, Luke. Bobby's boy, Luke. And the debut of Xavier Tillman, which was, Bobby, I'll ask you. Sure, yes. Luke. Had some awesome highlight moments um, and super fun to watch uh, Tillman in two and a half minutes did about five or six impressive things, albeit in garbage time.
2: Yeah, I think you know what he's capable of, and that's the defense, the uh, rebounding to some degree. He's not the best rebounder, but he can be active on the offensive glass, and then you know some of the high dribble handoff stuff that Luke does, too. So there's an interchangeability there. I just don't know where they're going to utilize him, because... When he looked up this morning, John, and said, you know, I'm in the stay ready crew. (laughs) You kind of knew what we were going to see tonight. Yeah. Uh, So he's, he's staying ready him and Springer and who knows when they'll break them free. But I said this before the break and right after they got him, he's not displacing Luke. Like, and that's not even me. That's, you know, that's, I think their perspective on it. They like what Luke does. They trust him, And maybe there'll be situations where you need to go to a Tillman against Mm -hmm. a Physically imposing center, like maybe Vucevic was just killing you tonight, and Porzingis was marred and foul trouble. You go to him for a change of pace, but it's interesting, right? Because you know Brad probably goes to him, adds him as a guy that he wants to see them utilize a little bit. And is Joe going to do that? Uh, at least for now, it doesn't seem like. And you really don't have a ton of time left this season to integrate him. So. It's gonna be interesting to see because I do think you'll need him come playoff time in a spot, Sherrod. and you don't want to just have him have three real games under his belt. That's what we talked about here. a bit. Yeah.
3: Is this is the time to tweak it, to experiment a tad? Right.
4: You've got that big cushion, in, in, you know for the best record, and you've got the you've got enough bandwidth where you can throw him out there, like what they did uh, a few games ago with Jordan Walsh, where Jordan came into the first quarter and played a few minutes, and then that's with a couple you know, guys out though. Right. But I, I I still think that you need to look at those possibilities with a guy like Tillman just to see what he can do with your regulars. You, you to your point, uh, and, and you the point that you made, Bobby, about trust, I think that more than anything is why Luke isn't going to go anywhere. Uh yes. Joe has a very short window of players he trusts. Ask Grant Williams. You know, he you knew about that all too well. And Luke is in that circle of trust. Tillman is not, and that's not that Tillman did anything wrong, he's just the new guy. He's going to have to play his way into seeing some form of a role. But even again, that, that role, as we talked about before you came on, Bobby, is probably going to be spot duty, play against like New York, play against Cleveland, maybe play against, you know, teams that have Philadelphia with Joel. Uh, But other than that, you're probably not going to utilize it much if at all in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. And that might be fine. Yeah. Again, don't, break what's working right now i think that big man rotation has been really good this year so yeah and tillman has its limitations especially on the offense. and this is what we
3: talked about is it's it's any you know which games you can do this it's not just in games people are out there's there's about seven or eight games against contending teams left among the 27 or so games that they have and then there's just these games like mess around a little bit like put like just put tillman in the Luke spot, like give him his 15 minutes just to see how he does with them. You know what I mean? Give Springer Pritchard's minutes just for a night to see how he does with them. You're not talking about starting them and playing them 35 minutes, but you got to see them rotate in like they would in a normal game. If you ever have any shot of using them and playing you know, any, if they're anything more than break class in case of emergency guys,
2: we have a, we have a fan here in the chat who says he's going to rescind his Celtics fandom. If uh food plays over Tillman. I saw that. (laughs) Wow. I saw that.
3: Yeah. It amazes me. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to wrap it. We'll see you guys on Saturday. Thank you very much for hanging out. Thank you to Amit behind the scenes, making it happen. As always, hardest working man in the business. We will see you guys back here on Saturday. We should have a little bit more of the crew uh, in place and uh, should be a good one. The new, well, still, still no Randall. So you're not getting the full Nick experience, right? Yeah, OG's no. out too. Yeah, so you're not getting the full Nick experience. This is another problem too. Some of those games you just might not get. You might not get it. You know, you might play some of these teams without some of their guys too. But we'll see. It's still, it's always fun in MSG. It's a good environment. Celtics, Knicks. We'll be back on Saturday. Thank you guys for watching. Wait, Ahmed's
2: got an outro for us, I think.
3: No, he doesn't. He
2: said he was going to work on an outro. Stay in. He That's had a phenomenal, phenomenal game! Phenomenal game! <laughs> 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 Forfeit's out. I, I think it's an option. <laughs> <laughs> that did not sound like a chair. It was a freaking chair. It does sound like a chair.